This copyrighted podcast is presented by the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council. The opinions and views shared by those of non-paid guests on the business of blueberries are those of our guests and do not represent the views, positions, or policies of the USHBC. The blueberry industry is like no other, passionate, resilient, and innovative. This podcast is your source for the latest information on the management, markets, research, and technology related to blueberry production. This is the business of blueberries. Here's your host, president of the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council, Casey Cronquist. Welcome back to another episode of the Business of Blueberries, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to the blueberry industry. Blueberries have enjoyed tremendous growth in recent decades, but it's important for us in the industry to not just know the volume of sales, but also who these consumers are and what's motivating them to buy. That's exactly why periodically we invest in a usage and attitude survey here at USHBC. Joining me today is Grant Prentice to talk about the most recent UNA survey and what results we can use to improve the sales and value of blueberries in the coming years. Make sure you tune in because we found some insights that might surprise you and will certainly inform how we approach marketing blueberries going forward from here. Grant is the Senior Vice President and Director of Strategic Insights with Padilla Food Minds. You've heard from him on previous episodes of this show, and those of you who were in Nashville heard him speak on this topic live. Grant, welcome back to the business of blueberries. Yeah, no, I'm glad to be back. I'm really honored to be invited and certainly was honored to be able to share um, the usage and attitude information that USHBC had gathered and talk about some of the potential implications for marketing. Uh, both for USHBC, but also for the industry, you know, based on what we learned from that uh, consumer survey. So it's great to be here. Well, and I think just because I think you probably experienced coming off stage in Nashville, just how many people were interested in what what we had learned and to go even deeper. And so again, today's episode is really about letting you talk through what you shared on stage with you know, the group that was able to join us there in Nashville. But more importantly, like this information is for everybody to know. It's really important that it not just be information that only a few people get to hear you walk through what you walk through. We really found that, you know, again, you walking off the stage, people asking you more questions like this information, the reason we do it is an important investment for the whole industry. And we do this periodically. And there's some things in this one that are different than the past ones. But maybe you could talk a little bit about for the group who wasn't there to hear you describe what the heck a UNA, and I know there's a debate about whether it's an A&U or a UNA or whatever, but this is something that groups like we do because we're trying to understand usage and attitudes towards blueberries. So maybe you can just start like, what is a UNA and why do we do it? Sure. Um, a usage and attitude study or attitude and usage study, however you want to call it, is essentially a consumer survey that takes a look at consumers' self-reported behaviors in terms of how they're using, purchasing, consuming, in this case, blueberries, but it's very commonly done across the food industry and even the CPG packaged goods industry. ANUs are a very commonly used research methodology to connect consumer behaviors with their demographics, kind of understanding a little bit about who they are, and also kind of why they buy in the category. What are some of the perceptions or beliefs that they have about the fruit, in this case, blueberries, that drive them to be using uh, the product regularly? 
and even some of the barriers that keep people from consuming it more often and some of the concerns that they have or some of the issues that they have, you know, with their experiences. And, and it is a very important and useful research method because it, it gives you some guidance in terms of what are your strengths, what are your weaknesses, and who are your hardcore consumers and who are some of those lighter consumers that maybe you could be bringing into the category in a more efficient manner. So very common research methodology. I think it has played a particularly important role in USHBC historically. As you mentioned, we've done this type of research before, and it has shown that there's definitely a strong correlation between the way people think about blueberries, i.e. they are very healthy, they're very good for you, maybe even a little better for you, at least historically based on the data that we've gathered, than other types of fruit. So maybe worth a little bit more. Um, so that, that kind of research has played an important role historically in guiding the program. And I think what we've learned most recently um, is going to continue to do that. Well, and I think for our industry who has gotten used to a certain cadence of this report coming forward, I mean, we do this roughly every other year. And that is because, you know, like a CPG company or a larger corporate entity, this is the kind of market research that gets done. And what I like about it is that it aligns our focus, right? As an industry, you know, certainly companies that don't necessarily afford, because this isn't a cheap enterprise of launching a survey. No, no it is not. <laughs> so part of the value of this is that we're doing this for the greater good to understand the alignment of who it is we're actually speaking to from a program marketing perspective that is motivated to buy blueberries today or or not motivated. And we're trying to understand a little bit as to what what more we might want to do in order to use marketing to motivate them into the category. So what I love about this is that this should be the inspiration of uniting towards demand driving initiatives. So we have our budget. We're certainly going to spend it along this line. But by sharing this information, we hope it inspires other folks who have budgets to understand what we understand. And I think that's the name of the game here. That, that's a, a really good point. And, and in fact, we have certainly worked to develop our point of view about what this set of data tells us about the consumer, what they're interested in, why they're a blueberry user, why they're a very frequent blueberry user, and also why they might not be. So we've developed our own point of view, but this is a huge data set. It's a huge data file. And we have captured that raw data and are, I think, you know, based on the conversations that you and Joe Vargas and I have had, are very willing, in fact, hope that the industry takes this data set and develops their own point of view about what this means for their brand, their marketing programs, and maybe even gaining some insights into, hey, there's certainly the stuff that you do to build your brand on your side, but what are collaborative opportunities maybe with USHBC to do a better job positioning our brand, our blueberries against this consumer uh, that's out there? So yeah, it is the sort of rich data set that you don't just go into once. It will pay benefits actually in sort of going in, developing some hypothesis, ways of thinking about the consumer, and then revisiting that, I think, to answer other questions. And the more people we have looking at this data set, the better off the industry will be, the more comprehensive uh, sense of the industry I think we'll have. 
Well, and I would say too that, you know, I know you're, you're, from what I understand, you're saying is kind of like our marketer partners who have budgets that market at retail, but, but take that a step further and the marketing partners sharing this information with their retail partners or the retail partners who are listening to this podcast, understanding like this is a deep dive, a direction that you might as a retailer, not have the resources to spend against, but here it is, right? This is who's buying blueberries today something that, you know, we could partner with them on in kind of fully unpacking this and then taking advantage of those learnings against, you know, probably data sets that we can see in either Nielsen or 8451. So it's all very like applicable. I hope people get a lot out of what we're going to talk about today, but most importantly, you know, that they see this as a resource for their benefit that we can help unpack and be a partner in. So let's talk a little bit about what we found in terms of what's important to consumers. So let's do a little unpacking of what's in there and give some of the highlights, the high points, you know, some of the key takeaways that made this worth the spend that you see. And I, what I'll say just to give some foreshadowing, so you'll listen to the end, is that uh, <laughs> we found some unique things in this that are different than the other ones we've done in the past that I'm really excited about. Like, I think it, you know, I wouldn't call, I think I was saying the other day, like, this was a, a groundbreaking study. I don't know that I'd go that far, but there are some really interesting pieces to this research that everybody should understand that I don't think we were prepared to see in this data because it hadn't shown up like this before. So I don't want to give away the ending yet, but let's talk a little bit about what you saw there. Sure. Absolutely. It's a good point. There are some interesting things. In fact, there were some things that we discovered that were counterintuitive even versus what I might have expected to see in this data set. But I think just sort of starting at the beginning, I think one of the things that we found is that the group of people, the proportion of Americans that say that they've consumed blueberries in the past three months is higher than it was before, where I think the last time it was sort of in the 40s we're looking at something now that's in the low 50s, 51% of the consumers that we reached in this survey say that they have eaten blueberries in the past three months. And that actually marries up pretty closely to what we see in Nielsen household uh, penetration data that just over about half of households have consumed in the past year. So slightly different time frame, but it's a different uh, universe. Nielsen looks at households we're looking at people in this survey. So a consumer has come forward and said, yeah, I've eaten some blueberries in the past three months. And that's about 51% of Americans. And then you have a fairly large group, about 30% that say, I like blueberries, but I, I haven't had them in the past three months. So those are those people who are kind of sitting, they've had blueberries before, they like them maybe don't have this, the same degree of affinity as somebody who's in the category regularly, but they are an opportunity. They're an opportunity to kind of bring in and drive consumption more frequently. And then you have about 19% of the people that we contacted initially. And we ultimately didn't ask these people really any questions because they indicated, I don't eat them, don't like them, don't plan on eating them, consider myself to be a non-user. And you're going to find that with any packaged good, any produce item. There are just people that don't like the taste, they don't like the texture, and they sit outside. I sat with that lady on the plane the other day. I, a non-user. Well, she was like, I don't eat fruit. Oh, right. 
right? <laughs> yeah, so it's- there are, that, that, that actually is probably a fairly large portion of those people. They're just not fruit eaters, which seems kind of crazy, but they're out there. I know. And she apologized and I asked her if it was okay if I could sit next to her still. And, you know, but yes, there are people who don't eat fruit. Yes. And I mean, it's a small group of people, but I mean, it's amazing when you run into them. There are indeed. But the the vast majority of the analysis that we did focused on those past three month consumers. So people that are in the category with some degree of frequency, and that's about half of all US adults aged 18 to 70. So that's a a lot of people. And then we broke those people down into different user groups, depending on their consumption frequency. And this is something that is a little different than what we've done in previous UNAs that might have focused more on purchasing uh, and frequency of purchase, is we wanted to zero in on sort of an individual level and really understand those people who are eating these things, uh, these blueberry, this magical fruit, more frequently, much more frequently than others. And we kind of identified the way we've categorized it, sort of a, a less than monthly user. So a pretty small group of people, it's about 6%, that are frequent in that they're, they're in there every three months or past three months, but less than monthly. And then there are monthly users, people who are using you a couple of times a month, and then we have a group of people, and that, that monthly group is about 20% of your past three-month users. And then we have a weekly group, so people that are eating you at least once a week, but less than once a day. So somewhere in that couple of times a week span. And that's actually the biggest group of that past three-month category user. That's 53% of them. So even with those people, there is an opportunity to kind of transfer them or drive their use to more of a daily consumer. And that daily consumer is about 14% of your past three-month users. So those are folks who say, hey, at least once a day, regularly, I am eating blueberries. That's 14% of your past three-month. And then there's this new group that we've identified. This is not a group that we had really looked at, or I don't know if we'd even looked for them, but based on qualitative conversations that we've had with consumers, we knew that there were some really some blueberry aficionados out there who were eating the fruit more than once a day. And it turns out that there's 7% of your past three month users are eating these things almost like throughout the day as a snack, as a meal. And they are a fascinating group. Let's take a quick break here for our crop report. As you know, the North American season has ended, but there's still a lot happening in the market. So here, once again, is your blueberry crop report. It's time for your blueberry crop report, an update on crop conditions and markets from important blueberry growing areas. Today, you'll hear from Luis Vegas in Peru and Mario Ramirez in Mexico. This was recorded on October 19th, 2022. Hello, this is Luis with the crop report from Peru. Until the end of week 41, which is the week ending on October 16th. So up until the end of week 41, Peru has shipped a total of 364 million pounds of fresh blueberries worldwide. From this total volume, 52% has been shipped to the US, 30% to Europe, 15% to China, and 3% to other destinations. Also, from the total volume shipped, 
13% have been organics. What happened during week for, uh, 41? Well, a total of 32.8 million pounds were shipped. 52% of this volume has been shipped to the US with 16.9 million pounds, which are expected to arrive the US market during the first and second week of November. 32% of the volume during week 41 was sent to Europe, 15% to China, and 2% to other destinations, including Brazil, Canada, Colombia, Costa Rica, El Salvador, Hong Kong, India, Saudi Arabia, Panama, Thailand, and Taiwan. Hello everyone, here Mario with the Mexican Blueberries Report for week 41. During this week, Mexico exported a total of 1,200,000 pounds of fresh blueberries to all the world. And from this volume, 1 million and 167,000 pounds went to the United States and 3% of the total volume was organic blueberries exported to the United States. This week the volume grew 30% respecting week 40. In frozen blueberries Mexico exported a total of 106,000 pounds and with this volume we are representing 6% of the total United States imports of frozen berries for the week 41. That's all in my report. See you next week. Thanks so much to our busy colleagues who take the time to participate in these reports. As a reminder, you can go to the new USHBC website where you'll find our data and insight center to see more data of what's happening in the blueberry industry. Make sure you go to ushbc.org forward slash data to check that out. So I, who are these people, right? And then you go into this super category of like the super user, which is the multi-day, every day. And this is that group that I, I was foreshadowing earlier that I just, it's impressive to think that there's a group of people out there. And I guess it gives us some questions like, like you were saying, like, who are they? So I, I don't know if you've got more detail you want to share about who they are. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting to look at, I mean, and this is, this piece is not too surprising in that. Blueberries are a premium fruit. They are a premium price fruit because they have very unique taste characteristics. They have a very strong health benefit association that the consumer has. This is a healthy food. I should be eating it more regularly. But as we look at that daily plus user, those those folks who are consuming multiple times per day, over half of that group are under the age of 35 much younger than even our daily user or a weekly user or a monthly user. So a a very young consumer group. They're also, and again, not too surprising, have a fairly high household income. They are well-educated. 70% of them have at least a bachelor's degree and a much higher proportion of them have master's and and doctorate degrees. So they're a very uh, well-educated, well-paid, They also tend to be married and they tend to have kids in the household at a much higher percentage than your less frequent user, which is a great thing in that there are kids, future consumers, a spouse, somebody else there in the household who is in a frequent heavy blueberry consuming household. So that's a a really interesting thing. Now, the other unusual piece that we identified with the Daily Plus user is that almost three-fourths of them are men. So 71% of those people who are eating blueberries more than once a day are male. 
Oh, come on. It, it's amazing to me. I did not, I, I expected that to be a predominantly female group. Well, if you look at how we've gone to market with marketing so far, right? That the time I've been here, it's been really focusing on busy moms, right? And, and I think this household thing is really important because it, it connects a dot to the day users or the multi-day users who have families who are raising up generations of blueberry eaters for the future, right? Super important. Super important. Well, I got that in the very beginning, you know, when I got here that this is an important demographic, but this is new news, right? That that super user group is male dominated. <laughs> it is. Now there are women in there. And, and the other point to make is that those men are very likely to be married to a woman who is not somebody we spoke to in the survey, but you got to figure she's in a household where there's a lot of blueberries being consumed and purchased. She's probably a fairly frequent consumer as well. But your daily user, your weekly user are more split evenly between men and women. You see a sort of a, almost a 50-50 split. Now, once you get down to your less frequent user, those who are less than monthly or maybe a monthly user, they're more likely to be women and they are more likely to be a little bit older. They skew towards an over 55 age bracket and they're also less likely to be very well educated. They're you know, still have some college education, but the that higher college plus level is at a much lower percentage in those lighter user groups than you see in your heavier user groups. So these are healthy oriented, a little bit younger, more sort of, I think, heavier consumers of health-related media content and advertising content. They're looking for things that can help them lead a healthy lifestyle. And there's some things that we'll talk about shortly in terms of the way they think about blueberries that do indicate that they are paying attention to the the media, the marketing, the information that we're making available to them about the health benefits that you get from regular consumption of blueberries within a healthy diet. That makes a big difference to this Daily Plus and this daily user. There's room for a lot of discussion around how do you attract new users, but even those super users to grab it one more time in their day, you know, like they would some of these other energy uh, resources or sources of energy throughout their day. How are blueberries positioned or how are we using this information to now better position blueberries as that grab and go snack? I think there's a huge opportunity there. You know, you look at all of the policy environment out there now and how that's evolving and the White House renewed focus on nutrition policy and really updating some of the policies that they have in place to encourage and facilitate access to healthy foods. And blueberries fits right in there. I mean, we are a super convenient, very tasty, very healthy choice. And, you know, what are the kinds of things that we can do as an industry uh, in connecting ourselves to that type of policy activity that increases the access or is designed and will be designed to increase the access to these types of foods. There's just a huge opportunity there to position this as a convenient, great tasting, better choice than maybe some of these other um, snack foods or uh, meal components or other things that, that people have been eating. So there's just a, a big opportunity there. 
Well, let's talk about barriers here from what we learned in this study. Uh, was there any consistency in the research on, you know, outside of the folks who just don't eat fruit, right? What keeps people out of the category or what, what opportunities are there? Great question. And, and definitely, you know, we have a, a strong franchise. People want blueberries. They think they're great. But there definitely are some sticky points out there with consumers, particularly with your less frequent consumer. Now, keeping in mind, again, your daily consumer and your daily plus consumer have a higher income. They're in households where they're fairly well off. Food cost is less of an issue for them. But once you start looking down kind of in your weekly, monthly, and less than monthly user, you know, price has more of an issue there. And if I'm seeing something that's above a certain price point, I'm much more likely to perceive it as being blueberries to be specifically to be too expensive. Or I have a sense that there's a, a big price increase over the last time I was in the store. So we, we do have some volatile pricing that appears at retail. And that does affect that less frequent user. They have more of a concern and they are much more likely to say that that is a barrier to purchase relative than your more frequent daily plus users and daily users. And the other issue that kind of goes along with that, it is price and price point, but it's also value. What am I getting for that money uh, that I'm paying? And a perception that the quality of the fruit is not necessarily consistent. And those lighter users are more likely to talk about inconsistent taste or inconsistent texture or a smell that is not appealing to them. And I think we've got to think about that, not just as something that a lighter user might experience in the store, although there's some evidence that that does indeed happen. It's also once they get the package home, they're not eating it with the same velocity as a daily or a daily plus user. These folks are eating it sort of every other day, or it might take them a week to finish a package or maybe even slightly longer than that. And so that fruit is sitting in the house. And if it's not of a, a very fresh quality at point of purchase or time of purchase, it's going to be an issue in the home later on as they finish that package. So that kind of perceived inconsistent quality is not necessarily something that they experience in the store. It can be, but it's something that kind of unfolds throughout the consumption window as well. So that's something to kind of keep in mind as a barrier, particularly for the lighter user. Yeah. Well, and I, again, it ties back to that same user group who's looking at fresh as their you know, first point of contact, because you, you might not catch that in a, a frozen or any other form, right? But if we're trying to catch them in a fresh category, then it's got to be consistent. It's got to be good or we're going to lose them. Absolutely. Now, the, the other interesting thing is there are barriers and frustrations that are experienced by your most frequent user, you would think that they just love blueberries and, and, you know, and they do, they do, they eat them all day long, but they have frustrations and barriers as well. And one of the biggest ones is they're not there. I, I've eaten them all because I'm eating them all day long and I go in to replace that and I'm not finding them. I can't find any, or I can't find the brand that I'm looking for. I can't find the frozen form that I want. So there, there's some availability and stock issues that is encountered by that consumer that's in the purchasing to replace what they've consumed on a much more frequent basis. And they're more likely to run into that. The other 
frustration that you see among your more frequent daily plus and daily user is that they're not finding the organic option that they're interested in. The great example that you had, the woman that you ran into on the flight, not a a produce consumer. We're looking at a daily plus user that's probably a very heavy user of produce. And those tend to be people who are looking for, they're more likely to be people who are looking for organic choices. And one of the primary complaints that they have is, I, I can't find that choice. It's not there in the store. So I know, you know, particularly this summer, there's been issues with access to organic fruit or fruit just not being positioned as an organic choice within the retail channel. And that's something that your daily plus and your daily user and even your weekly user to a certain extent have noticed. And they notice that much more as a frustration and a barrier than your lighter user. So those are the two big pieces there for your heavier, more frequent consumer availability of the type that I'm looking for. And then very specifically organic. I'm not finding that organic option there. Well, that's a good segue to just talking about, you know, this is shaping the future of how we go to market. And I want to just talk a little bit about, you know, what's changing for us now. Absolutely. And, and this is a key point. One of the reasons we do these studies is certainly to get the information and understand what's going on with the consumer. I think the more important piece is what is the actionability or the utility of this type of information. And it has huge utility to us from a marketing strategy standpoint in that you have a fruit, blueberries, that means an incredible amount to the consumer. And it fits with not just their taste buds, they love the way they taste, but with their lifestyle, it's very enjoyable. It's probably maybe even the most enjoyable thing I do related to healthy eating because of the, the great taste and the, and the texture that's associated with it. But it, it's, it's something that positively contributes to that. And I think we have a great opportunity to be able to position blueberries more as a lifestyle brand, that it's as much about the fruit itself, the way it tastes, the experience that you have with it, the healthy kind of benefits that you get from, from eating this type of fruit, as maybe even connecting that with some of the other things that you do in terms of exercise, things that you do with your family, things that you do from a community standpoint, uh, contributing. So there's larger sort of social or marketing or personal lifestyle types of benefits, narratives that we can leverage to increase the relevance of the fruit. So that blueberry lifestyle concept is something that we think we have a license and an opportunity to kind of build on. And a, a big piece of that is taking advantage of some of this most recent kind of nutrition policy development in the area of food as medicine and emphasizing to people that the way you eat, the way you behave over the long term has a huge implication on the way you feel and how healthy you are. And I think that's sort of a a reason to believe or an underpinning uh, within our marketing strategy to that broader lifestyle idea that's out there. The other thing that's becoming increasingly important to the consumer, and I think, you know, obviously to, to growers as well and producers is sustainability and being able to position the fruit and the industry as a sustainable choice, an industry that believes in sustainability and in growing the fruit in a sustainable manner and positioning us that way. So those are all kind of, 
ideas, sort of this lifestyle concept, food is medicine, sustainable choice. Those all look like ideas that complement what your most frequent user is already doing. And there's certainly opportunity to encourage them and, and facilitate them to use the fruit more often, as well as those folks who are who are lighter users and maybe even an opportunity to do advocacy marketing that helps those heavier users sort of explain to the lighter user why they love blueberries so much. What are the benefits of eating blueberries on a regular basis? So that's the very high level thinking that we have at this stage based on that UNA. And it's, it's affected the way the plans look for 2023, but we'll obviously be thinking more about that as we talk with, uh, with you and the team about that. Well, let's take a quick break here for our Blueberry Boost. We'll be right back here in a moment. But for now, here's USHBC NABC Director of Business Intelligence, Joe Vargas. According to the Nielsen September 2022 report, total blueberry sales fresh and frozen combined are up 19% in volume and 12% in dollars compared to 2021. The Pacific Northwest blueberry season was delayed by three to four weeks, but it ended around the same time as in 2021. With a compressed season and similar year-over-year volume, the market experienced a sudden surge in September, resulting in lower pricing and returns to growers. Total fresh blueberry sales are up 24% volume and 13% in dollars versus year ago breaking a four-month trend of consistent volume declines. The fresh organic segment is up 45% volume and 31% in dollars over the previous year. Compared to 2021, the fresh conventional segment is up 21% in volume and 9% in dollars. When combined with the rate of inflation, the month of September saw negative dollar growth compared to the same time last year, resulting in an even larger deficit than the same time last year. The average retail price per pound for all fresh blueberries in September 2021 was $5.66 per pound, a 9% decrease from the $5.16 per pound this year. Prices for fresh conventional blueberries have dropped 10% from $5.33 per pound in September 2021 to $4.80 per pound this year. Retail prices for fresh organic blueberries have decreased by 9% from $7.88 per pound in September 2021 to $7.15 per pound. The frozen blueberry segment is down 3% in terms of volume, but up 8% in terms of dollars. This is due to growth in the frozen conventional segment, which is up 3% volume and 18% dollars compared to last year. The frozen organic segment is down 27% volume and 22% in dollars compared to last year. The average retail price per pound for all frozen blueberries in September 2021 was $3.40 per pound, which is up 11% to $3.76 per pound this year. Frozen conventional blueberry prices have risen by 14% from $3.13 per pound in September 21, $3.57 per pound in September 2022. Frozen organic blueberry prices increased from 8% from $4.56 per pound in September 2021 to $4.92 per pound in September 2022. With the frozen market showing stronger yield to the grower, I imagine that more growers turn to the processed market and we may see a similar picture in price as we saw in September for fresh. For more category insights, please visit our Data and Insights Center on our website at ushbc.blueberry.org. Thanks, Casey. Back to you. Thanks, Joe. Now back to today's episode with Grant Prentice. Yeah, I mean, what, what I think, you know, to kind of summarize what we've been doing, what we're doing, and where we're going is, you know, we've, we've benefited greatly from this pipeline, and that pipeline's continuing. We've also benefited greatly coming out of the pandemic of launching Grab a Boost of Blue, which, you know, 
summarizes a strong call to action for these users that we have today and in the encouragement that's involved with the users we want to come in to add to our household penetration. So it's like, we've done some good things to build off of what has been done so far to see this opportunity going forward with this user group who could be our ambassadors. And that's kind of how I see this group. It's like the super users are really this group who can wave the grab a boost of blue flag for us. And we are going to nurture that group in order to create that ripple in the pond effect that brings people along that chain of users that you described in those percentages. Yeah, absolutely. And and that is another, uh, I think, we're obviously encouraging uh, those folks in the industry to get access to this data themselves and use it to help guide their own decision-making. We did include a series of questions around grab a boost of blue, people's awareness of that. And it's very clear that it's, it's already seeded itself. It's only been out there for a couple of years, but particularly among a more frequent consumers, a very high level of them are aware of that. And when we look at what that means to people, we find that it's very consistent with the good for you health kind of uh, benefits that people associate with regular consumptions of blueberries. And the way you feel, actually, that boost that you feel from doing something good, eating something that tastes great, making the right choice, that's all very consistent. So to us, it's a very relevant base to build this lifestyle brand idea on. But again, there's tons of opportunity to to make it work harder. Well, and I I would say, you know, that opportunity is one about uniting the industry, but around this information that you're sharing, right? Like this is what they're saying about blueberries today as a consumer group. I know there, there can always be a lot of opinions, but a good research project like this kind of brings a baseline of understanding that we should all pay attention to. And when you pay attention to it, then you've got you know, an additional resource that has already been established, whether it's the health research or it's this call to action that can be used at, you know, retail or for consumer direct, but just that's what makes this, I think, all come together in a nice package for our industry to leverage is, you know, we're doing the right things. We're saying the right things. We've got this great product and there's this, this audience that wants. And I think that to me should hopefully for those who are listening, inspire all the opportunities that are still yet ahead for this 51% household group, this this audience of people who really love what we've been delivering, but there's a whole bunch more people that we could be delivering this good news to and driving into the category on a more frequent basis. Well, that's it for episode 117. I invite you to learn more about this attitude and usage report. You can find that on our website and we'll put a direct link to it as well as Grant's Nashville presentation in the show notes on today's episode. So as we also said, we welcome phone calls anytime from anyone who wants to walk through a report like this and the results to leverage the Grab a Boost of Blue campaign for your business. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with more innovation, collaboration, family and hard work right here on the Business of Blueberries. Blueberries.